All right. And Zach, if you want to um, share your screen, mm -hmm. I think you can do that. All right, so while Zach is getting set up with sharing his screen, um, welcome to the Global Math Department, everyone. My name is Lee Natero, and I'll be your host tonight. Uh, tonight, we're going to be hearing from Zach Korzik about using Delta Math for distance learning. Um, would everyone please introduce themselves in the chat window telling us what you teach, where you teach, and what your Twitter handle is if you have one. I know we've already had a few people introduce themselves. We have someone from the Bahamas and someone from Arizona. I know we definitely have people from the West Coast and people from the East Coast here tonight. So typing in the chat what you teach, where you teach, and what your Twitter handle is if you have one. So welcome to those of you from Iowa and from New York. And we've got Michigan and we've got Manhattan. We've got lots of people from lots of places this evening. So before I introduce our speaker, let me explain how these meetings work. These meetings are recorded and are available within 24 hours after the meeting ends. To view the recording, you can still use the same URL you used to get here tonight. The global math community prides itself on being friendly and supportive. The chat room is available for topical and general conversation throughout the meeting. I'll catch your questions for the presenter, so don't worry that the presenter won't notice your questions in the chatter. Tonight, our speaker is Zach Korzik. Zach was a math teacher at Manhattan Village Academy for 13 years. He created, created Delta Math 10 years ago for his own needs as a teacher, but opened it up to other teachers to use for free. Since then, the website has been used by over 100,000 teachers and more than 3 million students. He recently went full-time with Delta Math to concentrate on adding new content and features to better address the needs of teachers and students. If you want to reach out to Zach with questions, you, he can be reached at info at deltamath.com. So welcome this evening, Zach. Hello. All right, ready to go? Good. Uh, hello, this is Zach. I'm first going to start by introducing what you'll see when you sign into a teacher account. I'm sure many people have already created a free level teacher account. And if you create a free teacher account on deltamath.com, and sign in, you will see this. This is all of the content that Delta Math has to offer. And it's sorted everywhere from sixth, seventh, and eighth grade down to pre-calc and calculus at the bottom. Now, these are the categories. So if you actually click on the category, you're gonna see all of the skills within that category. So the main idea of the free version of Delta Math and really um, the, everything that was free before I left my teaching job is still free. So really everything I'm gonna show you in the beginning here is everything that I felt that I needed as a teacher because I just created all the features that I wanted to help my students understand what I was teaching better. So if you wanna see what a certain problem is, you can just click on it and you can see an example, for example, order of operations. And you can just press as a teacher, a new problem as many times as you like to see different examples of what kinds of problems your students will get. 
So I'm going to make an example assignment, and you should understand that the default is that all students will get different problems, and that really I've created a program that develops these problems so that there are 100 problems of this type so that the students are assigned the problems randomly so they won't be getting the same problems. But also every problem has a corresponding solution. So as a teacher, you can press shows solution, and you can see how, how that problem is worked out. So that you can just click. Okay, can you guys still, did you guys hear that? Zach, I think we uh, lost you just there for a, a split second. All right, are we back? Yep. Yeah, we're back now. And uh, you were just talking about how they can see the individual steps. Yes, yeah, so you can just see the steps here. So obviously there are 1400 different problem types. If you press expand all, you can see all of the different types. And each of these types has a hundred different problems in it. So there's quite a lot. So let's say it, you might want to use a search bar. So if you're teaching rigid motions, you could type rigid. Now the category with the word rigid comes there. And if you actually click it, it will expand it to show you everything in there that doesn't match the word rigid. So that's actually a nice trick there. So I want to show you just one really cool thing for uh, geometry. Uh, so I'm on the solution page as a teacher. If I was on a solution, it stays as a solution. So you might have to see what does it look like as a question. Uh, so what the students can do is they can explore, they can say, how would I go from G to H? So they might do a rotation, let's say 90 degrees clockwise. Now they might not be able to totally see it, but if they press try, they can see what that does to it. Now I'm seeing, hey, look, this looked like a reflection there. So they might then try a reflection and mistakenly say over the X axis. So this is an example of a guided problem where they're going to see what they did wrong. They're going to be given feedback says, hey, you know what? That wasn't right. Okay, so where else can I do? Oh, I think I should have reflected that over the y-axis. Press try. And this doesn't let me submit until everything is worked out. So the students can keep trying. And then it says you're correct. And then all the student has to do is press submit. And they can see what they did. And they can see what the correct answer was. I wanted to show some other things. Let's just say you say lines there. So anything that has to do with lines. So if you're teaching algebra, and let's say you want to do graphing lines from equations. So something as simple as this, the students could just click twice, like click on the y-intercept. Let's say they actually accidentally went down uh, a slope of negative a third. Now a student would submit and they would see that they got that one wrong. Now they're going to be shown the solution where the run is three and the rise is one, and they're going to be shown their line that they went right three down one. So hopefully they, they're actually seeing where they went wrong. And sometimes there's some verbal feedback down here say, hey, your y-intercept was correct, but your slope uh, was positive, it was supposed to be, or it was negative, it was supposed to be positive. So there's various feedback like that. Uh, I really like my constructions. Um, so if you teach geometry, you do a perpendicular bisector. So I tried to make it where it would be as similar to like a real thing as possible. Whereas we're not just drawing a circle, we are setting the compass and then we use a pencil to kind of sketch out that circle. And then we're going to move it here and make that piece. And then we'll complete it by doing a line through this dot and this dot. And the program will evaluate whether the students have done it exactly correct. Now the students can actually play it out by clicking next, next, next in order to see what they should have done. 
And actually, as a teacher, you could actually look at each student's work, and I'll show you that later. You could play out exactly what they did. So if they did something wrong, you could see a little narration of each step that they did as they did it. So then you can give that student uh, feedback to say what, what they should have done. Okay, so I'm gonna show you how to make a basic assignment. So I'm gonna clear this out. So the main thing you need to do to create assignment is click first, create edit, and then create standard assignment. So this is all part of the free version. So I'm gonna call this assignment one. Now, when you made your teacher account, you should have set classes. If you need to change those classes, you can change them in tools and then manage students and classes. You can change the name or you can add a new period. And then the students, when they sign up, they're gonna use your teacher code, which will be given to you. There are videos in the question mark, uh, then help videos that explain how to register students. I'm not gonna go over that now because I assume that many people watching this may have actually already started with that process. So I don't wanna do something like that right now. Okay, so now we're on the home page. You need to select for which classes this is going to apply. So assignment one, I created a section called test. So I'm just going to assign that to test. But you could assign to as many classes if you want. If you have three periods of algebra and two of geometry, you might select all three algebra periods there. All right, now the skills is what you want the students to actually solve. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna look at plotting points in quadrant one. All you have to do is press this little plus button here and it will add it to the assignment. Now you could of course click it if you want to know what that was, take a look at it and say, yes, I like that. All right, back. Now this is staying there. So you should really click in to make sure you know what you're assigning to your students and it matches what you know that they're ready for at this moment. Now the required is the, is the main thing, which is how many of these do you want your students to solve successfully? So the default there is five. If you think that's too high, you can change your defaults. You can change the required down to say three. And I'm gonna press save permanently now. So that way the next time I add one, so let's say I add one on rounding. So I'm gonna go to rounding. If I add anything now, it's gonna be three, but it doesn't retroactively change what you had already added. So let's say I wanna make that one three and I'm gonna make rounding numbers two. And then I'm gonna do something like evaluate expressions and maybe I only want them to do one there. So you can add as many sections as you want. You can reorder them if you want. Uh, but what you should know is that the default is that each section is worth the same amount, um, no matter how many you assign. So at this point, the first section is worth a third of the assignment grade. This is worth a third and this is worth a third. So let me actually just add something at the bottom so that everything is worth a fourth. It's gonna make the math a little easier for us. Uh, so it doesn't matter how many there are. Uh, and the reason is because if something's easy, I might assign 10 of them. And if something's hard, I might assign two. So, but I want those sections to be the same. If you want this section here to be worth twice as much as the other sections, there are additional settings in more. You could set the weight, the default weight of everything is one. You could set that to 1.5. You could set the weight to zero. If you don't want it to count at all in the assignment grade, you could assign it to two. Therefore, this one would be worth two for each one and one and one there. So technically this would be worth two fifths or 40% of the assignment then. But I'm gonna keep everything at one so everything remains simple. I also wanna point out that the default is two attempts. Now I'm going to set evaluate expressions. I'm gonna set the attempts at three. And then on the rounding numbers, I'm going to set the attempts at one. And I'm gonna explain what all of these really mean when I go to the student page so that we can explain the scoring and the difference between like required and attempts and things like that. And you do need to set a due date. So I'm gonna set one due date. I'll set it for tomorrow. I can set a time. 
Now, if you want a late date, I'm just gonna do this, we're not gonna demonstrate it. Say you have a late date a week later for 50% credit. So what that would mean is that any work solved after this due date, but before this due date would be given 50% credit of whatever they did. So if they did 50% on time, that would be for full credit. And then if they finished it within the next week, then they're only gonna get half of that final 50% and their final grade would be 75 on the assignment. So it's totally optional. You can add as many late dates as you want. Now I do wanna point out, you are responsible for making assignments for your students because if they register for your class and you have not made an assignment, this is what they're gonna see. Whoops, forgot to press fresh. Okay, so if a student signs in, they're going to see your teacher has not created any assignments. So Delta Math, it doesn't just give students a pathway where they can just solve and learn for whatever it thinks is best. This is really a teacher-centric website where the teacher is deciding what the students should be working on, which I feel is more aligned with how most teachers do teach. We're all learning quadratics this week and then we're learning graphing next week. So everyone's gonna do quadratics homework this week. So I'm, I, I mainly have used this website as homework, but I know that now a lot of people are using technology for remote learning, so clearly, uh, you might want to adjust things uh, depending on your situation. I'm going to show you more advanced features that may be even better for you know current classes uh, to run live. Okay, so I'm going to click Create Assignment, and that assignment is now created. What that means is that when the student signs in, I'm going to press Refresh so that it downloads the new assignments for this student. The student is going to see Assignment 1. They're going to see your work. They're going to see the title of those of those problems and how many they have to do and their assignment grade right there. So recall I left the weight at one for everything. So each section is worth a quarter of the assignment grade. But this, there's three problems here. So let's just do this. So, whoops, has that been open the whole time? Okay, so uh, plot two, two. Now remember we set the attempts at two. So what the attempts means is that if they make a mistake at first, so let's say they plot, a, you know, two, three, they press submit, it's going to tell them, hey, your answer is not correct. Try to find your mistake. You have one attempt remaining. So the attempts is a way of letting them not get a question wrong. If they get it wrong, they're going to then click the point to delete it and then plot the correct point, and they will get full credit on this problem. See, they get the check there. Now their score is one out of three, uh, which is a third. So it's a third of the 25% of, the of the assignment, which is why it rounds to 8% complete. Okay, now I'm gonna get this one right, which is zero four, that's right here. Now I do wanna explain this penalty. Now I didn't even mention that when I was making the assignment. So the penalty is one of the, I think the more unique ways that Delta Math creates assignments with scoring. So the penalty, it's not to say that a student cannot achieve a 100% on this assignment. So when I was teaching, I always wanted a student to be able to keep working even if they made a mistake and earn a 100%. Now there are special assignments on uh, Delta Math Plus, which I will show, which is the premium version that allows you to make a test, which is graded on accuracy rate if you want that. But the normal assignments are not graded that way. They're a, they do have a penalty and the penalty is going to say, if you get this wrong, your score will decrease by that amount. So I'm, I'm gonna actually have to get this wrong twice because there's attempts. So if I get this wrong and then I just submit the same answer again, I want you to see what happens. So their score is two. I'm telling you because there's a penalty, when I get one wrong, my score will decrease by that much, by one off. So, and my assignment grade is 17 and my record is how high my score has ever been. So I'm going to now get this wrong. I wanna point out that I get it wrong. The student can see a little animation 
how they should have plotted their point. So they can see in red where they plotted theirs and they can see where they should have plotted theirs. So that's important. And they get that verbal feedback down here. But what happened? I don't want the student's grade on the assignment to go down because I don't want them to be afraid of submitting and trying. But what happened is their score went down to one, yet their record is still two thirds and their grade on the assignment so far is based on the record. But the reason for the penalty is to force the students to not want to make a mistake because now they have a little deficit here. So if I were to plot the 0.69 now, what's gonna happen, notice that my score is one, my score is going to go from one to two, but my record didn't change and my, my assignment grade didn't change. So essentially getting that question wrong meant that they had to solve an additional question right just to get back to where they were. Only when they get three out of three, do they, you know, do they fully have that 25% there? So at this point they can click next section. It'll bring them to the next problem type or they can press back and they can see where they were. They got that check mark. So it's, it's, they're not being penalized from their mistake other than having to solve additional problems right. So if your penalty is one off, you get one right, one wrong, one right, one wrong, one right, one wrong. You never make progress and you can't get that three out of three or five out of five, whatever you set it at. So setting one off means you can only show that you've mastered this once you can get a substantially higher percentage than 50% right. If you don't like the penalty, there's an option to set no penalty. If you did no penalty, then if they got three right, but seven wrong, then they would have full credit because it's just counting the number right and their score never goes down for wrong answers. The only reason I discourage that is then students can see a problem they don't not that comfortable with and submit a blank answer and then they don't have to even think about it. So the penalty keeps them honest for trying on every part in my opinion, but you have to know, know your students and how easily, you know, how they're gonna take that penalty so that it's gonna cause more time that they're gonna have to put into this. All right, so now I'm gonna do rounding numbers. I'm just doing simple things. So I just wanna point out, I did not have, um, I did not have attempts here. So let's say they round this to the nearest whole number and uh, get this one wrong, they're gonna get that X right away. And there's gonna be an explanation. They're not gonna get that feedback. So if you, if you like that, that's fine. So the default is that they have two attempts on these free response questions. Okay, so if I were to complete this part here, I would then have 50%, so I think we understand. So I do wanna show you what you can see on the teacher page. Now I have this preloaded with some of my students' assignments, uh, what I was still teaching last semester, uh, but I have mixed up the names so these aren't real people. So these are all my actual assignments that I was working on, so I can show you what real data looks like. But I'm just going to click, so what did I do? I went student data, view assignments, and what I have is I see all the assignments, well I see like the most recent 20, uh, if it, which is all you normally need. And if it, you know, it's not gonna show you 40 or 50 cause that would put a lot of strain on my server. But if you click this little gear icon, you can add or uh, add assignments to those that are showing or subtract if, if too many are showing. So that's an option. You can also download this whole thing to Excel to see the students grades. Now these are grades rather than complete and the grade can be less than the complete if the student did it late. So like I explained before, they could get a 75% even when fully done if half that assignment was done in that week window where they were only getting half credit. So these are showing grades by default, but if you click download to Excel, you can actually say, just show me the grade, or you can say, show me the completion percentage as well as the grade in that Excel document if you'd like to. Now, if you click assignment one, or if you go up here and type assignment one into this search box, you can click it and, uh, I don't know why it's not coming up right now, probably because I just made it. Uh, but if I click it here, I'm gonna see the details. 
So I see all the students who are in my test period. And I see that only this one, Aubrey, who was the fake student I was just working with, has done 25% there. Now, if you want to see how they did specifically, you can click on this here. And you're able to see uh, the amount of time they had spent on each problem. And you can even click, if you want to click that X, you can see exactly where their red point was. So you can see where they plotted it and that, that they didn't get it right. Now, this is more useful on some problems than others, but this is helpful data if you want to see how specific students did. Uh, you can also like edit their score. Um, if you click that three, you can change it to a two and it will adjust their score accordingly. That's more helpful if you're doing like partial credit on a test or something, but I'll show that later. Okay, so I do want to show you kind of a little bit more real data. So I'll show you, let's say, assignment two for my AP Calculus class. So I did have two periods of AP Calculus. So you can see here, if you click on the headers, you can sort by completion. If you click again, it's sorting, decreasing. This student had must have done some work late because you see that 75% there. And if you knew that that student had got it, had um, lost credit for lateness due to extenuating circumstances, you can click that 75 and click then the button for give lateness and it will bring that grade up to whatever complete it is. So the 100% complete means this student did as much work as the others, it was just partially late. Now, if you click into any of these categories, you are going to see all the checks and X's. So you kind of get a sense for how much students are struggling. If you kind of see everyone's got X's all over the place, then you might think again and take the penalty away or reduce the number required or just take that problem off the assignment altogether. And then the students won't see it if they press refresh. Uh, so that is the basics of looking at data. You can also click a student's name and you can see all the work that they've done. You can also search those students' names here and do the same thing. There's some other interesting things you can do. For example, if you click edit, you can edit the student's name, you can change their password, you can remove them from your class if they signed up by mistake. You can change their sections. Um, that's all I'm gonna show you there. You can sign in as that student if you click this so that you can actually see what problem they're maybe currently working on or you can, if they're saying, I don't understand, I see this, well, you can see what they see, okay? Uh, here, if you press the little plus button, you can see let's you can see all the details on that assignment for that particular student and there are options such as reset assignment so some some teachers are asking can i reset an assignment if uh, if it's a test and they want to retake the answer is yes but be careful when you reset it what it does is it erases all record of that student doing those problems so if you you might want to write down what they did the first time and that will allow them to do it again there's no other way of doing a retake besides resetting it you could copy that assignment. So there's a, there's a tool that's very important, copy assignments in tools. If you select it, it gives you another copy and I can call it assi uh, assignment one copy or assignment one retake. And then you would still select which period that was for and you would, you would maybe select a different due date. I assume the retake might be due later and then just click this button, but it's all set up with the same exact problems and settings. But the problem with that is that, well, only half the kids might have to retake, then half of them are just gonna leave that blank and it's gonna stay as a zero. So there's not really much you can do about that. Uh, if you want, uh, just so you know, even after the due date, the assignments are shown to students and they can always look back to them and work on them. If you set this post assignment, uh, and that's gonna be on the overview tab of creating an assignment, if you set it to later, what that means is essentially the students can't see it. You know, Even if it's really before, 
it's just taking it down. Later means I'm editing this and it's not gonna show for students until I make it immediately or a specific time if you want it to be posted and only after this time will they be able to see that assignment. That's another option. Okay, so let's now go through the options of Delta Math Plus. So Delta Math Plus, you see I got that little plus there on my logo. That means I currently have plus. So you can have a school buy it for a department if you want. There's You would click this button and there's a way of filling out a form to kind of get a quote for the school or you can pay with a credit card on the system and it upgrades you immediately. Um, so every a lot of things I'm gonna do now are plus. Now, like I said, the plus are only the features that I have created since leaving my job and it's to keep kind of the business running. But also I'm paying a lot of people now who are developing a lot of these middle school skills or BC calculus or various things. Uh, and whenever they develop content, they're developing it for the free version as well. So the free version is constantly being added content, but it's just the features which uh, are part of Plus. So the first thing about Plus actually is that when students are solving a problem, you don't even have to do anything. If you buy Plus, when, you're, when the students are solving a problem, they're gonna have a watch help video link so that you'll have either me or Ms. Bodner, uh, who is my wife and also an excellent math teacher, explaining this concept to them in like a average of like five to six minute video. So it is a specific video for this exact module. So there's 1400 modules, so there's 1400 videos, except for the newest modules that just got made, uh, those videos aren't done yet, but all the, all the modules that were made up through like August are done so uh, the kids will be able to watch as well as see kind of the solutions, right? The solutions that you're able to see. That's part of the free version. Every kid can see as many solutions and examples as they want. So that's one thing, uh, but the other is other options. So what I'm gonna do is kind of like pretend that you're, you know, this is distance learning for some people. If you want to make a like a lesson plan for students to, you know, to work through, you know, and try to make it as useful as possible. So with the free version of Delta Math, you know, you can assign everybody to do three, but everybody gets different questions and you don't really have any control about what those questions look like. Everyone's doing random things. So you might not feel so cohesive a class if everyone's just working on different problems all the time. So there, let's create one. So let's actually call this one lesson one, pretend it's a lesson. All right, the other thing I wanna point out with Delta Math Plus, you have the option of assigning to individuals or groups. So you, you can either select classes or individuals or groups. I'm just gonna show this right now. So if you click that, then you have to choose students. So if you click choose students, you get a list of all your students and you can just click all the students who you want to see this assignment. Otherwise, and with the free version, you can only assign to a class, not to particular students. Now you can also create uh, a group and select like these 10 kids are my, you know, track A, these 10 are group B, and I'm gonna make different assignments for them based on where they are. So it's easier to assign to full groups and those groups would be still there next time you made an assignment. Uh, so I'm actually just going to disregard this. I'm still going to assign to that test class. Notice individuals is then unchecked. So I'm gonna assign to a sample class. I'm gonna go to my skills. Okay, so the first thing that Delta Math Plus allows you to do Let's say you made your own video. If you made your own video, you have to post it to YouTube or you can just find a video on YouTube that someone else made that you want them to watch. So there, uh, these top three options are part of the free. These three options are only part of Delta Math Plus. So I'm gonna click assign YouTube video. If I click that, 
then I'm going to, I can give it a name. So I actually just found some random video on uh, the Pythagorean theorem. So let's pretend this is you making a video. You will have to upload it to YouTube. So you'll need a YouTube account and you will, you can set it to unlisted. It's fine, but not to private. So you're, you're going to have to put the video on YouTube. Now, what you need is the YouTube ID, which is these 11 characters in the URL after the V equals. So you do need to copy that and then back on your page. So I'm going to call it um, intro or lesson video or something like that. Then you paste those 11 characters there. Now the weight is, do you want this, if the students watched this video to count as, as the same as some section of math that you're about to give them? If so, leave the weight as one. If you want the video to be optional, uh, you can set the weight to zero. If you want it to be worth just a little bit, you set it to 0.1 or 0.5 and everything is proportional and weighted in relation to one another. So we're gonna make a video there. The, okay, so then the other thing is, uh, let's say you want everybody to work on the same problem. So I'm gonna do an example of fractions. Now let's see, um, what do I wanna do? Let's 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 do this, this uh, tape model thing. Okay, so tape diagram model. So let's say you want to teach this problem. So you want everybody to have this exact problem which is four uh, Z is equal to eight. And maybe you're doing that because maybe you're going to make a lesson later that goes over each of these exact problems. So if you have plus, and if you're editing a problem, uh, if you're editing an assignment, you can click assign this problem. So I'm gonna click assign this problem. Then it says, remove it. So if I go back, what is it's done is it no matter what. So, and, but what that means is that if they get it wrong, just be careful, if they get it wrong, they can't press new problem and try again because there's not another problem waiting there. So be careful when you assign this problem, they're not gonna be able to keep going until they get it right as it is the, as is the case if you were to just click the plus. So here I just click the plus, which is normal assigning. And it's three, everyone will get different three and they can keep trying forever because there's a hundred problems. But you see that says single there. If you're not, if you're not on it, it says single. And if it says C problem there, it means it's it's a single problem. So I'm gonna actually, let's do this. Um, the other thing you can do, by the way, remember, because they have plus while they're doing that problem or while they're doing these three problems that you want them to practice later, they will all have the ability to watch the help video. Okay, that but that's totally optional. But if you want them, if you insist that they watch that help video, you're gonna have to click assign Delta math video. And then you're gonna have to click on this right here if you click it, then this is a video here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rename it. Its default name is the name of the module. That's a video. You can tell if you're not on it. That's got that video thing. So if you want, maybe one you could you could assign this one video. And just be careful. If you hover there, it says how long it is. Some of them could be ten or more minutes because I may have gone over three examples: easy, medium, hard. And I did that because different kids need different things and I count on them if it's optional to kind of fast forward to the point that they need to be. But if you assign it for everybody and it's 10 minutes, some kids might be watching the first example, which is really easy and they're really bored. So that's completely up to you. I'm showing you how you can assign that. Uh, by the way, if you wanna assign this problem again, you can assign this new problem, say, oh, I don't like that one, next one. I don't like that one, next one and then just kind of find ones you like, assign this, and then go back and it keeps adding that single problem over and over again. 
So you could call it, if you want, you know, uh, problem one, if you want to name it problem one, and then here you can call it problem two. So then the students don't know what that whole section was called. That's up to you. And then down here is where everyone practices that same thing. Now, another thing uh, that you might want to do and is only available in plus is assigning types. Okay. So I know I, I keep hitting that. Um, let, let's do rounding numbers again. So if I'm in rounding numbers, if I click it, and I say hundredth, you know what? I, I, I've only taught rounding nearest whole number. If I click problem types, I can see nearest whole number, tenth and hundredth are the three types here. By the way, if you teach high school, there is a level two that has all the other different kinds of rounding that are more complicated and that's fine. But let's say this, by the way, if I click whole number, it'll show you only whole number problems. And if I click similar problem, it'll show me another whole number problem. Now, if I click assign subtypes, I can say, I don't want my kids to get hundredths and I don't want them to get tenths. I only want them to get this. So just remember, there's a hundred problems of each module. So right now you're basically narrowing it so that every student is only gonna get one of the 33 or 34 that is of this type, but they will get infinite practice there. So I'm gonna click assign now and I'm going to uh, call it, yeah, rounding numbers. I can call it whole numbers or whatever you wanna call it. So, and you can adjust what is checked there if you want to. And maybe I drag that down to the bottom. Okay, so stick that in there. Okay, so um, there is more. So by the way, if you don't wanna lose your work, let's see, I have that here. I'm going to make a due date for now, next week. If you click this little arrow and then just save progress, it will save the progress. So we're, we're pretending that we're making a lesson plan. Now, I know I'm doing rounding and tape diagrams, which have nothing to do with each other. So just forgive me on that. The other... ...thing that is nothing on Delta, create that on Delta Math, such that it is automatically graded, then you can do that uh, within reason. So. I tried to give you guys with this create your own problem as much flexibility um, as, as I have, by, by the way, that should be adding to the bottom. So I have to look and see why that's not happening. As I have, when I create these problems, uh, in terms of checking the students' answers, all the animations and things you're not gonna be able to do because it will involve you know coding and things like that. So once you click create your own problem, a new section will appear. Now I'm gonna click create slash edit. So I'm gonna call this my, problem one, I'm gonna click create slash edit and I have a blank problem. Now, if you don't wanna do anything, you know, write the problem here, you can upload an image. So if you have an image of a, of a problem, you can take a screenshot of it or otherwise have an image and upload it. And that, that image will appear for the students there. Um, so a standard answer type is just like on Delta Math. Most, most answer types on Delta Math are free response because I, I don't want to have to come up with lame multiple choices that are really easy to game. Uh, and it's pretty robust in its ability to figure out whether the student's answer is equivalent. Now, the default here is it simplifies not check, but you might want to check it or not. So I'm just going to do an example. So the prompt is like the question that they would see. So I'm going to say solve the equation. All right, now if I want to type math, I'm going to go over here. Now, really, you don't have to do this. I'll show you a shortcut. But if I were to write, you know, x squared in like a math box and press enter or press insert, it will throw it into the end of my prompt. And notice what it's done is it's put it between these back tick symbols. 
and the back tick can be found usually to the left of the one key all the way on the left of your keyboard. So anything you write in there is going to show up as math. Now you have to be careful if I do like over two, that might not look right. Technically what this is is LaTeX. So if you wanna do frac, you could look up how to write LaTeX, that works. But you can easily write fractions over here, x squared over two, uh, sorry, x squared over two. And it does it, and when you insert it, it just inserts it correctly. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but if you know that it's not easy to type like up arrow two of f of x will look nice there. So you can write problems that look nice, although you can't write limits in here. This is easy and user friendly, but there is more you can do if you just type LaTeX between the back ticks. So uh, what I'm gonna do, is I'm gonna do solve the equation x squared equals sqrt square root of x. I'm gonna insert that. So it looks like these need to get deleted, but that's fine. So if we looked at that graphically or just thought about it, I think we'd think that zero and one were the answers. So the you know if the answer is just five or something, you can just type five in there. If the answer is x squared, you can type x squared in there. But if there's two answers, and it won't matter what, what, what order they put it in, it's sort of set notation. You could press this plus here, and it'll give you two answer boxes with that set notation. So I can write zero and one as my two answers. Now, really, that's it. If you want them to simplify it, then, well, if they wrote two over two it, instead of one, they'd be wrong. So that's up to you. Now, this write latex thing uh, is usually good if there's only one answer. You can write x equals, sorry, that's on the, the right, x equals, it'll kind of put a thing on the right side of the box. The right LaTeX might be good for um, writing like centimeters, CM, something like that, if you want the units to show up. Because if the students start typing zero centimeters, it's not gonna evaluate it right. You should really just type in here a number or a mathematical thing with Xs or Ys or variables or an equation, those things work. But it's, it's a little clear because it's a brand new feature and I'm, I'm still trying to make this more clear for teachers as what to do. So I'm gonna get rid of this and I'm gonna write uh, the two boxes, zero, one. You should always press preview question so to see what the student would see and make sure that the student gets it right if they type it this way, right? Zero, one, press submit and check. If you get the check, that means it would mark the student right for such an answer. If you get an X when you expected it to be right, then maybe you tried to do too much, right? Like maybe you tried to type, you know, so I saw somebody write two coordinate points touching each other, like thinking there's two x-intercepts and Delta Math doesn't know what that is. So if you tried it, it would just break. And I'm sorry, but the documentation isn't fully there. I'm just kind of explaining to you, try to keep it simple. Now it can do like points, like zero, one. So if I go there, and I know this is not correct, but the, the point zero, one would be marked correct. You can do inequalities and things like that, and that's fine. Uh, there are some more settings, but maybe the main thing you might want is the common buttons. The common buttons could be like, if you wanted the students to see a square root button automatically below their answer, if your answer had a square root in it, you could provide that square root button for them so that they could easily do the square root without having to know to type SQRT. Um, by the way, even if, you, even if you don't do that, the students can press this little keyboard and get the, the Delta Math keyboard um, open. not. 
Oh, it's because I'm zoomed in. Uh, sure. Buttons there. Then you might be able to say like x less than two, or you could even type it x greater than four. But a student would be able to type that in as uh, parentheses negative infinity to two union with uh, parentheses four to infinity. And they could type that in any way they want and still get it right. So you're kind of just, if it's an interval or an inequality, you should press more settings and probably give them those inequality buttons for them. Okay, so I'm gonna go, okay, I totally messed that up, but let's just put zero and one back. All right, I'm gonna go back. Now again, you might wanna press save here and there so you don't lose your progress. And I'm gonna create another problem. And I'm gonna call it my problem two. So I think multiple choice is pretty self-explanatory, but if you do multiple choice, you can write my question up here, you can make an image, and you can do either text choices like um, hello there, or you can do math choices and they would show up as math, you know? So it's up to you how you wanna do them. Uh, and then you would select what the answer is, and then only if the student clicked there, right, would they get that check mark if they clicked any other choice in the in uh, in the preview, they would have got it wrong. And again, you can, um, I'm actually gonna show one where you have a graph next. So actually let's do a guided sentence because I think a guided sentence is one of the really cool things that I incorporate into a lot of my modules. Uh, and I want you guys to be able to incorporate it too. So I'm gonna explain what that is a little bit, little, I mean, you might be uncomfortable with the way I have it. I might be able to make it a little more user-friendly, but let's just see. So I'm also gonna add a graph. So I do wanna make this more robust. For now, you can like set the width to like, you know, 200 if you want it thinner. You can make the, uh, you know, the X min and X max change. You can make the X scale like one half there if you want. Uh, you can even make it like negative two pi or two pi. I'm gonna make that width maybe 600, which is the max width. And if you do a, a scale in terms of pi, it will write those pi's on there. So you can write any function there that you want. Uh, but I'm just gonna do the default one, which is uh, pretty much fine for everybody. And I'm gonna just write uh, cubic uh, for X. Okay, now by the way, you can even write relations in here if you want, like a circle, and you get a circle of radius 10, and that, that does work. Um, I, I do want to be able to let you have more options like restricting the domain, adding points, adding geometric figures, but I'm, I've not yet accomplished those features. Okay, so a guided sentence is saying, okay, fill in the blanks. So let's just say this, the function above, I think it would be above, uh, has, and I want them to choose from a dropdown box whether they can tell from the graph whether it has an even or odd degree. So whenever I want my students to have a blank to fill in, I'm gonna write the word question, all uppercase, followed by like a number, like one. So question one, oh, there you go. So this is the preview. The function above has in blank, a question one degree, but I want that to be a dropdown box. So you see I was question one, I'm gonna select choices and the semicolon separated choices are gonna be odd, semicolon even. So what we see is two, two choices and we, we know that this one is odd, okay? So the student will have to click odd to get that one right. And I will say, and it has question two real zeros. So uh, we know that that answer is three from the graph, three real zeros. So let's actually look at that preview of that question. 
what I'm seeing is the student is seeing a graph. You could write a prompt above if you want, but you don't have to because a guided sentence is kind of a prompt. So the student would have to click even and they'd have to write three in order to get this question right. Oh, what did I do? What did I do? This is how, this is why you check your answers. Oh, I selected odd. So, oh wait, it is odd. I'm crazy. All right, you guys all knew that sitting at home. All right, so good. It marked me wrong and it should have been wrong. It's odd and it has three real zeros. As you see, only if they get it right, is it going to give them the check mark. Okay, now uh, the last thing, so I will go back. And uh, the last thing is you can create a paragraph, So, but that will not be automatically graded. It will have to be graded by you. Um, so let's let's just add it. Um, my problem three, I'm just gonna go here. I'm gonna make a paragraph and I'm gonna say, how do you feel? Or you can have them explain something. And the only option is teacher graded. Actually, the other ones have the option of teacher graded if you don't want them to get a check or X at that time. All right, so I'm gonna press back. Um, I really should drag these to the bottom and that is kind of giving me problems here. Uh, my problem one, two, three. Okay, so I am going to complete that edit and I'm gonna show you what the student would see. So the student sees lesson one. Now they have their intro video, remember this, so they're playing. Now as they play, they can see their progress there going 4%, 7%. If they skip up here, their progress is gonna start green here, but it's not gonna give them credit there. So there you go. So you will see 14% when you look at the data. Now here, remember we decided to assign this Delta Math video. Now they can either watch it here or they can watch it from within the problem that they that you assigned and either way it will give them credit. But remember we did not explicitly assign a video for rounding numbers, though we could have, we decided not to. And you should, you know, you should only assign those videos that you're really sure you want all those students to watch. Um, any case, so remember problem one was that problem 4z equals eight. I'm just some random student right now and we we have that problem. So in this case, Z would have to be two and we got that right. Uh, now there's my problems that I created. You can see that in here it's, you know, one and I'll say one in three. I, I had that as attempts, so I'll set it at one in four. I'm gonna get that wrong, oops. And if I have a paragraph, I'm gonna say, I'm feeling great, mister or misses, uh, and they can even write their own math if you want them to write math, it's similar, so that's just optional. It could be confusing, but it shows them the preview. Now, this is teacher graded, so they don't get a check or an X, they just gotta get a question mark. So I wanna show you exactly what the teachers would see in this case, uh, lesson one. So they're seeing that this Dylan, sorry, the, the name is being jumbled on purpose. We can see the percentage of the video that he watched. Uh, we can see he didn't watch any of this video. We can see the zero out of one, now this my problem three, I'm gonna click that. What you can actually see is all the students answer to that paragraph and you can actually grade that. Now you're gonna have to grade that out of one because technically you're assigning one problem, uh, but that you can give a kid a grade on that or you could have set weight zero on it if you didn't feel like grading it and then you never would and it wouldn't affect that student's grade. So anytime that there's just one problem, so remember on this one, these were all specific problems. Anytime everyone's solving the same exact problem, if you click into it, you don't, you, you don't just see the checks and X's, but you also see those students' answers. So if everyone's on the same thing, you can see, hey, look, three of these kids all made the same mistake. Why don't I write them all a note or something like that? So you can actually see on the same page, which I, that is a new feature and I think that's really cool. Okay, um, I do want to briefly speak about how to make a test and how that is different. 
So you'll create a test and I'm going to call it test one and I'm gonna still assign it to that class test. Now the thing with the test is you don't have to, but you can set a time limit. You And what that is, it's different than the due date. So maybe I'm saying this is gonna be due tomorrow morning. However, once you start this test, you are only gonna have one hour and zero minutes, okay? So let's just do that. Now on a test, you can't assign five of something like on a section. On a test, everything is a one problem. It could be a random problem. So let's say I like evaluating expressions with exponents, if I like that, then I can click plus and it says very clearly, students will all get different problems. But maybe you like type A, B and C separate. You can uncheck them there, click it again, uncheck all but type B, click it again, uncheck all but type C, and every student will get different questions, but they'll definitely all get type A first, then type B second, and type C third. You could have just added them all three and let them get a random problem each time, but if you want to see a variety of understanding, you can force that variety in that way. Um, okay, so at this test, everything is worth 10 points. Um, let's try to throw one in there that might be easy to solve quickly. So let's throw a, a plotting points. Um, let's say that's worth five points. All right, so I'm gonna show you this. Actually, let me edit it. There's one other setting I wanted to show you. Um, so the default is that the solutions are visible after the due date. So if you, you can write your own question if you want on a test, but maybe you don't want kids to know whether they got that right or to be able to see you know that check because then they could share that with their friends. Because even though everybody only has one hour, uh, they might all be working at different times and I'm gonna show you what it looks like from the student's perspective. By the way, you can click manage extra time and set certain students to get one and a half times, two times that time for a test um, if they have accommodations. Uh, and, that, and that accommodation will save for future tests. So always always click that and make sure the correct students have that. But if, if you know that it didn't change from test to test, you don't have to click in there, you know that they'll get that time. Uh, okay, so I, I'm gonna actually set this that they can all see at test completion because some teachers might not want them to see how they're doing until the test is over. And that also allows me to show you what it looks like um, from the student's perspective. Uh, so recall now though, since I'm setting it so that they're not gonna be able to see their feedback, I can't set attempts. Because if I set attempts, that means they'll know if they got it wrong the first time. So there is no feedback until the test is over. So I'm gonna click complete. And what the students will see when they refresh is that they will see your test. And they will see this. They don't know what's on the test. It does, it's not a list of items yet. Once you start this assignment, you will have one hour to complete it. Okay, so once they click this, the timer starts. Now, a lot of teachers are asking me, can we pause it? Like I want them to start in class and then have still 30 minutes later to finish it. The answer is no. If they could pause it, I feel like they could go look at some questions, pause it, sign out, do those questions, sign in and just enter the answers. I can't really think of any like convenient way now, if they run out of time and you feel you're feeling nice, there is a way of adding that extra time to a particular student. You can give them an extra five minutes or sometimes they'll say, hey, it says I, I ran out of time, but I didn't even do it. Really, what happened is they clicked this, not even thinking, signed out. And then when they signed back in, that hour had done. So once they click it, the time starts. So once they click it, that test is there. Now, the names are just new, uh, in order one, two, three, four. They don't know what that is. And it always says how much time they have remaining here. And when they click in, uh, it says up here how much time they have. Now they can click from question to question here if they want. Now, another thing you should know is that once they enter the answer, 
they cannot change it. Uh, and the reason it's just, I had to make this as quick as possible to get it ready for the new year. And typical Delta math questions are evaluated immediately. So these are going to be evaluated for correctness immediately. I'm just not sharing with the student whether they got it correct. It's, but it is set in stone up in the server. So this is probably the wrong answer. They're not going to see anything, right? Because the test isn't over. And if it was after due date, then they wouldn't be able to see anything until after that due date. All right, so let's get one right. I think that's going to be 16 plus 1 is 17, but they don't know it's right. Now here, I don't feel like doing that, so I'm going to get that one wrong. But notice all three were different. Now here, I'll get this one right, and it was 410. Okay, so notice I am now going to complete this test because there were four questions, and the teacher said it that everyone could see how they did when the test is over. So on this one, actually, they will see that check because the test is over. And if they go back, they're going to see that X that they got. If they go back, they're going to see that check that they got. And if they press back here, they're going to see a summary of their points. They're going to see that was 15 out of 35, which is a 43%. And really, I mean, this clock is just going to keep ticking. But what happens if the student runs out of time is it just kicks them out of all problems, and they're not even allowed to click in and see them anymore. So that's what happens when that time runs out. But we're clearly not going to wait around for uh, 59 minutes. So obviously, just like normal problems, if you're here, you can see the data. Uh, you can see the time that the student clicked begin test. Uh, if you wanted to give partial credit, you could have them submit notes to you. So let's say you went in there and you saw their answer and you looked at their notes and you felt nice. You say, oh, okay, that's a five. Now, in this case, it's points, so it is out of the points there. Remember, on the previous non-test, uh, like a create your own or if something was worth one like problem. So it is a little bit different, but really that only affects you as the teacher. Um, when it, on the, on a normal assignment, it's at, it may be out of one and you're just going to give them a 0.5 or something. And that will equate to a 50%. But on a test, you work with points, the students see the points. And then here, if you change that to a five and they press refresh, then they're going to see that they got five out of 10. So they'll know their real score was updated and it was five out of 10 points. Okay. So I, I am, um, done with this part of the presentation and I suppose I should go back and see if there's any questions. hear me? Zach, I don't know if you can hear me there. Hello. Hello. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, all right. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Um, so, yes, there was several questions. Um, let me uh, pull them out here. Um, one of the questions uh, just uh, popped up related to what you were sharing. Um, you know, somebody asked if, if a student makes it, enters a, an answer to a test question, and then while they're taking the test, they decide, oh, wait, that wasn't supposed to be three. I forgot, you know, about this exponent rule. Are they allowed to change the answer on that? No, like, I, I wish that to, to happen. But the way things are, like, happening, it would take a lot of work. And at this point in the year, I'm trying to add all this stuff and kind of fix other bugs and things that are kind of more pressing. So just warn them, don't write any answers in and submit until you're sure. They can go back and, and enter them all at the end if they feel, but they, they can only submit one time. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, there's a question about what's the best way to do retakes? Yeah. So I, I think I gave two options. You can let them do it. You can record their score. And then you can search that kid here. Um, so Dylan, you could click his name and this was the test. So you can click reset assignment. If you click it, yes, reset, 
it essentially deletes it. And the next time he signs in, it's like he didn't even do it. Um, by the way, you can also give an extension to a kid here. So may maybe it's after the due date, but you want to give him an extension of five days. By the way, the five days is always relative to the due date, not relative to when you gave the extension. Uh, so you could reset it and then give him an extension of five days and he'll get full credit on his retake, but you'll have to write down what he got in that first time. But if it's a lot of kids, uh, the, and by the way, if the time had run out, there would be another option here to reset the time. But since this kid's time didn't run out yet, it's still within that hour, then there isn't an option. And the reset time, you can do a minute, five minutes, or just give them the entire full time left over back. So if you wanted like everybody to retake, what I would do is go to tools, copy assignments, click it, make a copy, and then everyone essentially just sees that test again. And as long as, as long as you were adding to the questions by clicking those pluses here, then everyone's going to, they're going to get different problems on that retake. So it would be, it wouldn't be like they already saw the answers to those questions. But if you had questions that you wrote, well, those are going to be the same the second time because you're not randomizing your problems. Or if you, or if you clicked assign this problem, then everyone would see that because the teacher has said, I want everybody to get this exact problem. Um, that makes sense. Uh, there was a question about, um, is there a guide uh, to walk through the teacher created questions? Yeah, it's a long guide. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes. I, I gave you like a sh little shorter version. Uh, if you click Delta Math Plus features, and at the bottom, there's uh, all the features. And uh, that one was create your own. If you click show, then there's a video here. And you can see it's 16 minutes because I kind of go through in depth. Uh, all of those different features. And even then, I think you still have to always try it as a student to make sure it's working as you expect, because you don't want that thing to come out on a test or something where the kids are doing it and it's not grading them correctly. Or you can just set it to teacher graded and then go there and you can see all the answers at the same time. And then you can just write one out of one, one out of one or whatever you want on that. Um, one question related to creating your own problems. Um, is there a specific uh, file type that's required for the images? Because uh, we have somebody that's saying they tried a JPEG and a PNG file, but nothing happened either way. Um, JPEG, type. PNG, and GIF will all work. Um, I, I should have like a loading button. If it was a big image, you, nothing will happen until it actually fully uploads. I uh, Like I said, I threw this together because people were demanding it. And um, so there's not like a little progress bar as it uploads. So if you have like a slow internet connection, uh, it it should upload. I haven't heard any problems. There's thousands of people who have uploaded images uh, just fine. I've never heard of, of any problems with that. So, a uh, couple other questions. Uh, videos um, are they blocked in the school setting? I mean, I know YouTube videos might be, but um, have you run across any issues? Yeah. With the so there there are um, FAQs here and um, video. Uh, where is it? Uh, the videos are not playing. It explains that um, my, my videos are actually hosted on Vimeo. So some districts block Vimeo and not YouTube. Some districts block YouTube and not Vimeo. Some block both. Uh, but the thing is with YouTube, a lot more usually the district has the ability to unblock a channel. So this is the channel for YouTube. And as a teacher, you'll go to tools and then login slash school information. That's this is kind of like the settings, login slash school information. And you can set the student video server. Actually, the default is Vimeo. If Vimeo is blocked, you should probably set it to YouTube. If YouTube is blocked, you should probably keep it at YouTube, but then unblock Delta Math's channel and unblock your channel. 
as well if you are going to be posting videos to YouTube. So that would be the solution. They're going to have to do some unblocking because it's going to be Vimeo or YouTube. I can't host it for my own server because that would be a real uh, harsh on the uh, load. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize there was all those resources there. Um, let's see. A couple other questions that I saw popped up in the chat. Uh, when students see the correct solution to test problems, they, wait, do students see the correct solution to test problems if you say show solution after a due date? They won't until after the due date. So after the due date, if they sign in, uh, then, then they'll be able to actually click. So like I just press refresh, they can actually click those problems and see the solutions as they should see the ones that they messed up on. Um, but that would only be available after the due date. And if you don't ever want them to see the solution, then, um, or if you want to see it a little later, I have options like one week after the due date, if you want kids to have a chance to retake it or whatever, or if they're taking it late, or you can say not for now, save it. And then, you know, whenever you want them to, you can change the not for now to either after each question, which basically means any time. Uh, or whatever, any of these options, and then they will be able to. So uh, not for now, it's kind of a safe thing. Say no one can see anything until I change this. Okay. Uh, a couple other questions. Will all students have 10 questions of the same level of difficulty if you use the random question generator, I guess? Right. So if you if you make an assignment and you, uh, this is a test, but a normal assignment, if you require 10, at this point, uh, the 10 are all completely random. So you, you can kind of get a sense, actually, if you're here, if you press that little, um, if you press that little question mark, it'll kind of show you statistically there are 100 problems. The easiest problem has 98.2 accuracy. The hardest problem has 88.3. But some of them you'll see uh, words to expressions, maybe a little bit more variety where the hardest problem is a lot harder. At this time, there is no option of giving it to them and increasing difficulty. That is a goal of mine by the way, but no. And then on the test, I also want you to be able to select only choose from the easiest third, the middle third, or the hardest third if you want. So those are features I hope to add, but at this time, they're, they're just gonna get a random difficulty. And there really, there's no difficulty preset. The only way I know how difficult a question is is by looking at the statistical information. Like you can see 10,000 problem students solve this exact problem. Uh, so that's probably, a million students have solved this type of problem because there's a hundred different problems of each type. So that's a lot of statistical information where I'm confident that this is harder than this one. Um, so that's what it's based on. It's based on statistics historically on that problem versus the other ones. Okay. Um, there's one question here uh, that Beth sent in that is a really good question. So if you have two um, sections, let's say, and you wanna give the exact same assignment, but you wanna have different due dates, yeah, um, that's easy. Different due dates. Yeah. So look, if if I'm um, if I have two classes picked, okay, I do that, and then the due dates, I now have an option to add due schedule, and then I can click. Okay, see, at this period is going to be due this time, this day, and I call it a schedule because this this one can have their own late dates. So I call it like a schedule of due, and then this one can have their own late dates. So that's possible. Now the question I get all the time is, well, you only allow us to post the whole, all the classes. I know it's on the list. Um, if you really only want, if you don't, 
If you want them to start at different times, you can copy the assignment and then just set it, set them both at different times to post. But then you have two assignments when it's really one where you'd rather have the data together. So what I would recommend is just, you know, literally only assigning it to the one class and then making it do the specific time. And then when it's time for the other class to get it, come edit that assignment, add that class, and then press complete edit. Uh, you, but you, you have to do it in the moment. You can't like set it, set it to just happen without your action at, to, to begin at two different times for two different classes. All right. We have a couple questions related. I get, think it's kind of to assessment ideas. Uh, one is about locking. Um, you know, can you like use Delta Math in a lock mode so that they can't go and uh, Google other searches or cheats? Um, yeah. So I, I have I have obviously considered it. I understand the benefits of that, uh, but I know that it would take me a while, and I don't like to like do things that I know that there's like a huge workaround. Where the, any student can just use their phone. I mean, if they're if you're if you're thinking about distance learning, that's the reason you're not watching them. They're not on a webcam, so like I'm, I don't want to spend like a week making this feature. Whereas it's just really not most case. I know what if they don't have a phone, if they don't have a second device, then you're really giving the advantage to the kids who have the phone. Is that really fair? I don't know. Uh, so I, I would like to add it, but it's kind of like not at the top of the things that I need to do right now. So no. Yeah, um, I see there's a question too about photo math and I would kind of probably say that's kind of along that that line, that same thing, same idea. Whereas if you're asking those those uh, questions where they, the sentence fill in questions, I mean, that's, um, you know, addressing certain skills without having it be photomathable, I guess you could say. Right, so yeah, so really, I mean, this is a problem on any, uh, any homework ever, photomath. Um, now, you obviously could choose ones that aren't photomathable, whatever, but a lot of times you're on a whole unit where most things are. So what you could do is look at the time, like I hovered over those checks and Xs. If something's like a three equation, three system, X, Y, Z, it takes me five minutes, and those kids are doing it in nine seconds, nine seconds, over and over, then they're caught. Um, but I, would, I guess I would recommend collecting notes. Now, one feature I am working on that I haven't announced anywhere is that they for Delta Math Plus, because I actually have to pay for the storage of this, but that they that the students could be able to upload their notes. So just the threat of, well, you're gonna upload your notes and it's gonna be kind of stored in the database for like at least a couple months where I can click it. And if you have zero work for a problem that clearly has work, then you know that's not okay. In PhotoMath, it might show the work, but they, they might do it in a different way that you didn't teach and it would be clear. And I think just the threat of you being able to see their work might deter some of that. Um, but that that feature could happen, hopefully, maybe in a month. It depends on how busy things are. Things are very, very busy right now. Uh, there was one other question that it's, the person really wants to know the answer to this question, because I think I've seen it typed in, in the chat like three or four times. Um, they're asking about uh, creating piecewise functions in your own question. So yeah, so I, I did mention, I want to make my graph creator more robust. Um, I made it what it is, but at this point, I will just simply recommend creating that somewhere else like Desmos or some other place where you can make a graph, taking a screenshot and uploading an image. Um, let's see. I think there was one other question, a couple other questions. Can you add a co-teacher? Is that right? So I, I get that question like, you know, 10 times a day. It's a little complicated because of the way I handle encryption, which I had to like implement for all these various state laws. 
uh, where I'm decrypting the students' data with, this with their teacher's password. So it is a complicated thing, which I think, again, would take probably at least a week of full-time effort for me, which I don't have a full week in my, you know, to focus on one thing right now. Um, but I guess the workaround is that you, that, you know, you could share an account and just kind of, they can make a password that both of you can sign into so you can see the students. So in the meantime, that's going to be the only way you can see that teacher's you know, the student's data, uh, because the student's data is locked into any given teacher account. No one else can see that student's data except for that one teacher. Okay. Uh, another question in the chat. Can you post assignments on Google Classroom? Or are you planning to integrate to Google Classroom? Oh, yeah. Get these questions. These are the big ones. Uh, that's another one. It's like a huge task. Um, you know, I kind of got caught off guard because I was going to be Delta Math, just me, one employee. Uh, that was my plan. And then I did get Delta Math Plus kind of got a lot of income. So I was able to hire people, but I hired people to concentrate on um, content creation for like middle school. And I, I have yet to like hire somebody who's like, who can do like coding of the whole thing except for me. And that would take a huge amount of time for me to train that person on everything I've made over the last 10 years. So I, I don't have a huge amount of hope that that's going to get done right away. I really, I really don't know. I, I, I'm talking to some consultants who I may be able to hire to help me do that, but that's where it stands. Okay. Uh, and maybe one or two other questions. Um, plans for adding um, some computer science resources? Yeah, I mean, I just last year I was teaching computer science principles, so I have added a bunch of stuff for computer science principles. Things like coding, I think, are really, really good. Um, but I guess, yeah, when I when things are going so crazy right now, I think I, I did start to focus on my primary people. Um, and I'm just kind of, I, I figured it was more important for me to fill out sixth grade, seventh grade, that is like so many students could benefit from, whereas not as many with the computer science. Um, and I'm Delta Math, after all, even though I love computer science. So it is a goal long term, but probably not, you know, maybe more stuff for like at least a couple of years. All right. Well, I think we got most of the questions um, answered, but if you did not get your individual question answered, uh, definitely uh, email Zach. Uh, what was it? Info at deltamath.com. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Info at, at deltamath.com. And so thank you if you stuck around for um, a little bit extra time. Uh, I appreciate that you took your time to be here this evening. And, and Zach, we appreciate you taking your, your time to be here with us uh, this evening. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, and next week we have uh, Hands Down Speak Out, exploring the crossover between math and literacy talk. It's actually a talk for uh, K-2 teachers. So hopefully uh, if you're not uh, a K-2 teacher, uh, then I would recommend that you maybe pass along the information to um, an elementary school teacher that you know that might be interested in that talk. All right. So thank you very much and everyone have a wonderful evening.